Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Hey guys, how we doing and how's the day going? Thank you once again for joining me today on the Diary of a Conversationist. My name is Rosario Guiamayavu and I am super glad, excited, delighted to have you here with me today. Yes, I am. If you're a first time listener, kindly take a seat and feel comfortable, right? If you're a returning listener, thank you so, so much, guys, because I really appreciate The fact that you give me a couple of minutes of your time every week, you know, and just allow me in your mental space. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Um, On this episode, I am featuring another amazing person. Trust me. I feel like this 2020 ending is just the time to, you know, um, collaborate and share more and allow, share more insights with people and allow them share insight with my community as well. So, Yeah. In today's episode, our guest is a phenomenal woman. Like Maya Angelou would say, she's a phenomenal woman. Her name is Balkis Raji. Balkis Raji. So Balkis Raji is an influencer and also she's also a podcaster. She has her own podcast. It's called Breaking Barriers with Balkis Raji. Balkis with a swag. <laughs> I like how she calls Balkis with the swag. Trust me. Balkis is a vibe that you need to have. She's like good and positive energy that you need to have around you. Trust me, she is. And so today she's gonna to be sharing with us about how to know that your teenager needs help. And so I feel like this season is also very important for us all to learn about this. You might not you might not be a parent yet. You I'm sure that you have maybe cousins, uh, young nephews, nieces, you know, um, that will need this information. Because at this time of this recording, we are in that time where the world is about, not the world is about, in fact, there's some parts of the world that has already started a second lockdown. But here in Nigeria, it hasn't started yet, but in the UK, in Sweden, um yeah and so part of the words the second lockdown has started already and so i feel like as much as adults we're still trying to adapt with those things and so it's easy for us to you know you know adapt you know ease ourselves and all that but for teenagers i really don't know what's going on in their heads and i feel like it's a very important thing to talk about Aside the normal everyday teenager, you know, teenager struggles that they go through, having to have this as well, yo, you know, so um, that's why she's going to be sharing with us how to know that your teenager needs help. So basically, she's going to be sharing with us how to understand your teenagers and like when they're struggling, how to understand them and also how to prefer the best solutions to their struggles as a parent, how to do that. So yeah, you might say you're not a parent, but eventually you'll become a parent one day. So 
the information is still relevant. Yes. So in the next couple of seconds, the voices you'll be hearing is that of myself and Balkis Rajes. So guys, sit tight and enjoy this amazing journey. Hello. Hi. Good day. How are you? Very well, thank you. And you? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm super, super excited to have you on, so I'm fine. All right. Hey, guys. So, Balkis is here. Balkis Rajis is here with us. And today, she's going to be sharing so much wisdom and so much nugget with us with regards to, you know, how to raise teenagers and obvious signs that you need to look out for that will tell you that your teenager needs help, right? And so I, I feel like this is a really important topic right now because um, due to the way the world is, you know, right now, the whole lockdown thing, and it has been hard for parents, it has been hard for the teenagers, the children themselves. And most times, because... Um, they are able to communicate how they're actually feeling. So sometimes it'll be difficult for parents to really ascertain how their children or their teenagers is feeling. But today, with the help of our kids, she's going to be sharing like obvious things that we need to look out for that will help us know certainly that our teenagers needs help. So, our kids, the floor hey, hey. <laughs> boss of boss. I, I I see she keeps saying this thing. I really don't I'm tired of telling her that me I'm no boss. She is also a boss as well because she is a major influencer and she has like her own podcast called um what's it called again? Balkies with the Swift. Yeah, I remember the name more than the name of the podcast because She's always giving lots of good, good vibes, man. She's giving lots of good, good vibes. It's called Breaking Barriers with Barkeys with a Swag. Trust me. She has the energy that you need in your life. Trust me. Barkeys has that energy. Always vibing. So, Barkeys, the floor is open to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Boss of all bosses. Thank you so much. You're still the boss anyways. For someone to have... 7,000 listens. That's not a joke. That's serious business. Serious, serious, serious. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, um, uh, how do I start now? Okay, so um, actually something happened around my area. A little girl died. Okay. She was just 14. And um, so when I went to their house, I listened and I listened so much and it actually triggered something in me. I remembered something that happened to me long time ago. I, I really don't know what killed the little girl. Okay. She was just 14, very awesome, very, very, very bright little girl. So she, she actually died in the house. Her sisters were there and all that. They had to call 911 to come pick her up and all that. So when I got to their house, I felt the house was okay. Everything was fine. A 14-year-old is no more a child. So yeah. I remembered something that happened to me a long time ago. I remember that um, we were living in the north and my parents moved us to the south. We moved to Lagos. Okay. It has always been my dream to move to Lagos. 
Okay. But when we got to Lagos, um, I can't really, I can't really say what happened. I was still very young then. I was still between age eight and ten. Okay. So, um, it just happened that um, everything that happened from that time onward, I believed it was a dream. So I was living. I was doing everything. I smiled when necessary. I talked when necessary. I did things when necessary. But for more than five years, I was, in fact, up until the time I got married when I was maybe 27, okay. until I had my first child. That was when I realized that whatever was happening around me was mm. not a dream, that it was actually real. Mm. So, there was like a space during that time. And the, the thing that triggered it was um, the death of the little girl. Mm. Because mother said something that um, she said, uh, she, she said the daughter kept saying that um, the, the people were telling her she was fat. People were telling her so she will not eat sometimes. She will say she's okay sometimes and all that. So that actually triggered that memory in me so mm -hmm. that was what brought up the reason for my passion to now it's like a wake-up call like oh mm -hmm. okay, this thing is really serious and it has always been with us yeah it has always been with us wow. so wow well and 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 the funny thing is that's like real like real time bullying that the children were bullying like bullying the child and exactly like her pair mates maybe in school or playmates mm -hmm. or whatever it is they were just mm -hmm. and they were using words and i feel like right now it might, it might seem like i'm blaming the parents but sometimes i feel like in this this dispensation where we are the parents are trying so hard to like give their children the things that they never had and are forgetting to give them the things that they had. Yes, correct. You know, very... we're trying we're trying so hard, like parents are trying so hard to like make their children comfortable, you know, mm -hmm. you know, have mm -hmm. the shiny good things of life, which yeah. is very good, which is very important. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the most important thing, the things that will matter years from now are just left unattended to yes very very correct for instance um a lot of people tell me that oh you have grown up kids you're supposed to work longer hours oh you're not supposed to be home that much you're supposed to just be they call it you're supposed to fashion but me personally i i really don't see any reason in doing that you know my kids can handle themselves okay but not cook. That's one funny thing about them. But when I cook the food, everybody will be like, can I have some? Can I taste? You, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a feeling attached to it that mm, my mom made something for me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. There's just a feeling about it. So for, for us as parents, it's, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's, um, it's a tough one. Uh, some of us parents think, uh, they'll get over it. Something, uh, actually, a lot of things cause kids to, to, I'm, I'm trying to move into the causes of, just to touch a little bit about the causes right now. Yeah, okay. A lot, yeah, a lot of things actually um, make kids to just switch off. Okay. 
yeah, a lot of things. You, it, you cannot say something particularly. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, we used to live in Oshodi, and my daughter, my first daughter used to attend, uh, uh, there's this aviation estate, there's a school in the aviation, at Kiddies Kingdom, yeah. So she was attending, she attended that school for like uh, two, three years. So we had to move to our own house in Mowi. Okay. And then the problem, she was still a little girl. So when we moved, I just, I, I just noticed that uh, every day when she goes to school, the school actually was the same standard with the school they, they were in before because I made sure of that. Okay. So she will just wake up and tell you she doesn't want to go to school. I'll be like, why? She says she wants her teacher, that she wants to see her teacher. But baby girl, you, you've left nursery. You're now in primary. Uh, I was thinking that, okay, with the move, with, uh, with the move because she's moving from another class, from that class to another class, it's going to be fine. Uh, she, she just couldn't connect it. Mm. So I worked with the old teacher. I had to work with the grandparents, uh, her, her grandparents. I had to work with the new school, the proprietors, and uh, everybody had to work with her. Mm -hmm. Her new teacher had to work with her. So moving schools, mm -hmm. moving houses, mm -hmm. uh, moving from one country to another. Yeah. A big one, a very yeah, big one. Yeah, that country. Uh, yes. Uh, I still had that issue too with my kids. <laughs> it's a long story so um um death of someone in the family maybe the father the mother uh either of them the, maybe probably the child would have to go live with the grandparents mm. uh, and then we as parents would think their children they don't have a say their kids they don't have a say or yeah they'll get over it usually it takes the the it takes God sometimes for them to get over it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they never do. It just, it's just there. And then they keep, um, they keep having issues as they grow. But the, the thing that is actually causing the problem is still there. Nobody's talking about it. The parents divorce can cause it. Mm -hmm. uh, economy can cause it too. Mm -hmm. I, trust me because the kids listen to a lot of news. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest one that, that cost everything this year was um, the coronavirus. So yeah. it has affected kids in different ways, different ways. It, ha it has affected kids seriously because they had to school. My kids have been schooling from home since March. They wow. Home since March. They have not stepped out to school to school. The last time I tried to drag them out of the house, was uh, they had something to do with the Arabic school. And they were telling me they don't have to dress nice to go there. I'm like, all the clothes that <laughs> you guys need to wear something nice. It's, I don't know what we are going to do with them. You guys are going to out, outgrow them really soon. So it's, it's um, just as it affects the, uh, the, uh, the parents, yeah. it affects the children too. But most times we... I wouldn't say refuse. I wouldn't say we decide not to see the signs. Mm. Yeah, that is, that's just it. We decide not to because the signs are always there. Okay. The signs 
always, always there. Okay. So I, I, I would I would hinge on some things you said. You know, and when we were talking about the causes, um, you mm-hmm. mentioned about when people move, like they move mm-hmm. from one region to another, mm-hmm. uh, especially when they move outside. First of all, yeah. um, mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of um, what's the word now? In terms of culturally. The experience mm-hmm. here in Africa is different mm-hmm. from when you go to Europe or go to outside outside Africa. It's different yes. to them. So they, they have to take time to adjust. That's one. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I feel like most African parents, I, I don't know about the West. I've not lived there yet. Um, they they have this thing of um you just do whatever I say. They don't mm-hmm. have this thing of having communicating with their children. Probably yes. because as at when they were also growing up, their parents did not consider them as stakeholders in the yes. family. And so yes. they feel like they were not given the opportunity to. That, that's the way my mother raised me. That's the way my father raised me. So mm-hmm. they did a good job with me. After all, I turned out well. So doing that same with my child, they are going to turn out well. But the thing is, the circumstances and the life situation at the time they were raised as parents is quite different from now correct and so correct and so i feel like these things whether um divorce or you know relocation or movements in areas or regions i feel like it's a conversation you should have with the child it's not to tell them that when they say they don't like it you guys are not going to go but let them on like walk them through the process it's not like you're moving next week and you tell them three days to the movement You've had the entire three, you had three months, you had one year, you had six months, you've been contemplating these things. And so I feel like um, public parents need to do like more of soft landings in, te- in terms of things like this with the children, having to have communications with them. For, for you, with regards to, because you live in the West, right? It's easy for you guys to actually mm-hmm. talk to your children because you, you guys consider them as equals, not, although they are little, but you feel like, oh, they know what it's, they should understand these things. They should have a sense of it or they should, you know, they have the right to contribute. Yeah. But what do you think can be done for, you know, for a parent that feel, um, my child really doesn't need to have a say. Like, I'm the Lord. It's really houses where the father is considered as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Have you seen some houses <laughs> when they just hear their father honk? Oh my God. Yeah. Everybody is arranging yeah. themselves. Like you say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the next thing you are trying to arrange the TV stand, you're trying to, you know, arrange the chairs, you're trying to. <sighs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. You know, for, for, um, sincerely, I have to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't call myself, I, I would look at myself, I'll tell you that I was not who I was three years okay. ago. Or five, let me just put it that way. Because um, I was tough. Mm. I'm still tough. I was tough, but in a loving okay. way. Yeah, so um, what used to work for me back at home mm. didn't work anymore when we moved to the mm. U.S., and um, I, I can tell you that um, if you have 10 kids, all of them are going to have, you You can't raise them the same way. Beautiful. You cannot do that. Mm-hmm. If you have 10 kids, I have a three-year-old at home and he will tell you when my voice goes higher than the, the normal way I talk, he's going to tell you, mommy, 
be kind, be kind. <laughs> and I'm like, well, the, in my mind, I'll be like, this boy is telling the truth. Woman, you are too shy, shouting too much. Mm. So tell you, uh, like two or three days ago, he told me I should not shout at his sisters anymore. If you shout at them, they will get angry. Mm. And now, so what they did, is it right? He just kept saying, mommy, do not shout. Mm. You know, he told me that what they did was right. He's just mm. three. He's just three. You will be amazed at the kind of words that come out of his mouth. I seek caution too, because you, as he's telling me, I have to, I have to correct mm. myself. So, um, people going back to the discussion, um, usually some parents do talk, they communicate with them, but sometimes they forget that the communication is not supposed to stop at that, uh, stop at the place where they started the communication. It's a continuous okay. thing. So, um, for instance, when we were moving, the kids knew we were mm. moving. They were excited. They were everything. But when we got mm -hmm. here, it changed. Mm. My kids were very free. They could go outside. They could, that is back home. They could do anything. They don't have to take permission from me to go mm. outside. Have, um, they have Arabic classes they go to, they to Arabic classes by themselves and they come back. So it was like, it was fun. Yeah. It was easy. It was, we had neighbors they talked to. We had people they talked to when they were going out. People, they, they, they greeted mm -hmm. people, you know, yeah. they you will neighbors as you go. And then as they're going, People will make jests of them. They will make jests of people. They will call people. They will look for trouble. They will do all those kind of things. You know, they will mix. It's like, a, I wouldn't call it a two mm. blocks. Maybe, uh, I, 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 I can't, I'm calling it blocks because that is what yeah. we used to describe things um, around here. So it's a bit far for them to go to the Arabic classes and they meet a lot of people along the way. So that alone is fun mm. for them. But right here now, they don't go mm. out, except if them and take them out. Even if they want to, there was a day they went out and they went to buy something from the uh, from the from the dollar store near us here. And then one of my neighbors now came back and started shouting, "You allow them to go out? There's always shooting around that place. There's always something happening." The child, even if the child does not want to be scared. The child is already scared yeah. of going out. So there are a lot of news. There are a lot of... It was when I got here that I knew that I was mm. black. I never was black. So you can imagine that is also another topic yeah. on its own. My kids will tell you, why would a police stop me? Ah, please, Babokomi. When the police say stop, please stop. My son will be like, Why? You understand yeah. that kind of a thing. So it is, I wouldn't say it is hard, but it is easy mm. to talk to them because there's always something to yeah. talk about. What the news, how people are being shot on the street, how young 16-year-old six shoots a 13-year-old, how people shoot people, how things, you know, it's, it's, 
it's kind of different. Mm. So a lot of things goes on in their mind. And then these things are things parents are supposed to talk about continuously. We are not supposed to stop talking about it. Yes, we might be stressed out from work. We might be stressed out from this and that, but we still need to talk about okay. it. Okay. So, we, from from the points you've raised now, do you think that it should be probably how how best do you think parents can do that? Is this something like the schedule timing, like maybe because there was a time I watched um, an interview that Michelle Obama was um, doing, and she said every single day at dinner while they are table everybody talks about their day like what happened right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. would you advocate that that's at the dining table that's when they talk about it or probably once a week during the weekends like there's a special family hangout time where everybody relates with themselves or how best do you think this is me just saying stuff. How best do you think would be the best way for parents to carve out that time to actually have these conversations? It doesn't necessarily have to be um, about really tough decisions that the parents have made up their mind to do, but just generally checking up on their children. How best do you think is the best time to have that conversation? Uh, well, okay. there's no best time. It depends mm -hmm. on the parents. I know my husband does uh, this thing. He he goes to the laundry. He goes okay. to laundry with the kids. So take the clothes and they go do laundry. Sometimes they do it every week. Sometimes they do it um, twice, uh, okay. uh, every two weeks. So uh, I don't go with them, but all the okay. children go. I think that's also a time okay. to connect if something that's that's a good time to connect with kids and i know that um they just started something now that the children will bring all their work all the things they do, do during the day okay. in at school they'll bring it and mm. talk about it and and sometimes they will talk about some things and it will be like i did it three times i didn't get it oh why didn't you check google oh let me see Oh, do this. Oh, do that. It's, it's, I wouldn't say there's a best time because some people work yeah. in the morning and shifts change to yeah. the night shift. So uh, everybody can carve out different timings and uh, different things to, to do together. And then that time you can talk it out together. Uh, some people take, uh, uh, I think they sit down to watch yeah, movies together. So that, uh, they have movie nights and then whatever they learn on the movie. I remember recently um, watching um, uh, The oh, Intern. Okay. It, yeah, I watched it with my daughter and uh, it was really interesting. My son steps off. He doesn't watch movies that are quite on the <laughs> gentle side. It's action. They have to be shooting. They have to be... Oh, it has it has to be crazy and i'm like the intern actually got mm -hmm. me so the in, it's there there are the different kind of movies that one can watch with kids and it's uh sometimes we watch movies that has to that is related with our mm. three-year-old just can sit down and watch with us okay so it depends on 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 the parents there there are no perfect no perfect okay. timings wow that's 
that I, I I totally agree with your point. Everybody should just know what works for them, what works best, because what works for mm-hmm. one person mm-hmm. might not work for the other. So you might you need to understand your mm-hmm. own fi- family dynamics and work with what you have. Yeah, that's that's a very mm-hmm. um, beautiful point you raised there. So my 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 next question mm-hmm. to you would be. When exactly do you think it's the appropriate time for parents to start having um, the conversation about sex and drugs with their teenagers? Hmm. I I think as early as possible uh, with the appropriate... For instance, um, um, I call the body parts by the names mm-hmm. they're supposed to be, the right name. Yes, that's what I do. And... Sometimes my my son finds it uh, irritating. He'll be like, "Oh, mommy, that sounds nasty." <laughs> I'll be like, oh, "It sounds nasty to you." So tell me the name I'm supposed <laughs> to call it. So, so I I I I call the body parts even to okay. my three year old. I let him know that this is what okay. this is called. So I let him know that this you call. You call it the way it is. If it's the penis, you call it, this is the penis. This is the, who, did anyone touch your penis? Penis? He'll be like, no, nobody touched it. And, you know, you have to let the child understand that this okay. is a no-no. This is a, you don't touch other people's butts. You don't touch mm-hmm. anybody's butts. Uh, if anybody touches your own, let me know. Or you scream to let anybody around you know that something is going on. So it's as early as possible, but one should mind the language one uses. You know, um, earlier when my son was, uh, I think, I I can't remember, maybe five. My older son was like five. He asked the question that where do babies come from? I told him, "Uh, yeah, when from the mommy's belly. And he told me, where do they come out from? I say, when they go to the hospital, the doctor just cuts the woman open and then they bring out the baby. He say, wow, that's serious job and all that. But recently, you know, watching movies and all that, he now said, but mommy, why did you tell me that they always cut the woman open all the time? And I'm like, that also happens. That's what they call CS. He said, uh, you didn't tell me all the other ways. you. <laughs> He said, I know all the other ways, but that would be very painful. I'd say, yeah, it is painful. Is that why they always scream and shout? Yes, that's why they always scream and shout. It's not easy having a baby. He'll be like, hmm. He's okay. 13 now, and uh, I believe the internet is is help is helping so much, and they want to know so much. Most times, when the child asks you a question, asks a parent a question, the child already knows mm. half of the answer so it is now the job of the parents to give the child uh, an answer that is in the mm. right direction because the answer the child might have might be in the wrong direction someone else might say okay let me mm-hmm. show you mm-hmm. let me let's try it so but if you tell the child in a, in a language and in a context in a content a content that uh, oh this thing is this way is this way but it's not supposed to be done by the, by this time or this time so one should look for age appropriate okay. 
languages in which we're going to use to explain uh, sex and other wow. things to that's, children. That's, that's really amazing. I like the fact that you pointed it out. Age appropriacy. Because the way you would communicate to a five-year-old is quite different from the way you communicate to someone that is eight years old. Work with them according to yes. their age. That's really cool. Yes. So um, another question here would be, how can parents create that safe space where their child um, is comfortable enough to have those difficult conversations with them? Conversations with them that, you know, maybe something is up with them, something is bothering them in school, about school, you know, their friends. How can parents create that safe space for them? Because I feel like it's not like these children don't want to talk about it, but if they have a sense of, oh, my mom is going to shout at me, you know, my mom will be angry, my dad might not, you know, my, my dad might beat me up or something. They don't feel comfortable enough to, you know, do that, to have that conversation as to what it is that they're struggling with or what it is that is, someone is pressuring them to do something they don't want to do. So how can parents create that safe space for their children? Hmm. It's a very big question. And uh, a lot of us parents don't want to believe that our children mm-hmm. have problems. We are all in this, this mm. face of denial that uh, it's not, the child cannot have, the, the, the child cannot be depressed. And we stay so long in this position. We refuse mm. to see the signs first. There are a lot of signs, a lot of signs. Uh, mm. When the child sleeps too much, fine. When the child tries to avoid you mm. at all costs, it's fine. When the child withdraws totally and the child is always on his or her own, it's a sign. Then the child starts failing in school. Then the child gets angry easily. The child gets irritated easily. The child, it's too much or it's too little. The child is always giving attitude to everything. Uh, when you ask the, those kind of children questions like, what do you think of this thing? The answer <laughs> would be, I don't know. That's the easiest answer, the easiest and straight answer they'll give you. So, um, when you notice that the I don't know questions are too mm-hmm. much, the, the, the I don't know answers are too much, rather. When you ask a child, like, okay, um, what, do you, what course do you want to study in the university? The child is like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, you will see that the child does not know. Sometimes we 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 will be like the child does not know, but we we'll try mm. to force something on the child. And then sometimes the child will be failing, and you will now ask the child, "Why is this like this?" The child will say, "I don't know." When the "I don't know" is mm. becoming too much, when the, uh, the child refuses to shower, uh, to take to to change their clothes, mm. to take a shower. Their room is unkept. Their books are everywhere. The hair is unkept. All those are little, little signs that one mm-hmm. should take note of. And then for a child that the hair she's supposed to make her hair or supposed to barb the hair, and you ask, you be like, 
So what style are you going to make now? And the child is like, I don't know. We should try and create mm. a conversation. Okay. No. And then mm. we have to do it lovingly. Sure. And then when the child comes and the child talks, we don't yell. You don't assume you know how the child feels mm. because you don't. You don't know how the child feels. I, I spoke about um, how I felt a couple of yeah. years when I was a little bit younger. Nobody would have ever, nobody would have ever, because I'm always very bubbly, I'm always very lively, to me, is like a dream. And I'm still having fun mm. in my dreams. So if I could do that for years without anybody noticing it, it's, it's, it's possible that the children could be going through a lot of issues and nobody would know because they'll still put on their Sunday wears because I don't want mommy to shout mm. or I don't want daddy to talk. Um, children also put into consideration oh mommy mm. and daddy will be tired right now I cannot talk right now mommy and daddy just came back from work I cannot raise any issue right now mommy and daddy just said in, uh, 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 talking about in, in money not being enough I mm. cannot raise my issue right now mommy and daddy just said a lot of things the child will be considering and the child will be putting whatever the child wants to say at the back burner just because they're trying to protect the parents. They don't want to talk. They don't want to stress them out. They don't want to put a burden, extra burden on the child. So think this, it, it's, it is now the duty of the parents to not just mm. walk alone. Like Lamide Johnson said yesterday, parents should try yeah. to live in the now. We should enjoy the moment that is the only time we will truly see we will leave that state of denial when we are in the now we will see that ah this child is not looking yeah. like she used to look this child is not behaving like the person mm. i know how to be child results are not getting any better what is going on is there something i need to know just start a conversation it could be anything. Can we can we go out? Can I take you out? Just me and you. Can we? You just start a conversation with the child. Once you notice that, just try and build this friendship with the child. Yeah. It's. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. Because you will hear some things and you will want to chop off your mm -hmm. own head. Like, oh my God, what kind of parent am I? Why is this happening under my mm. roof and I cannot see it going on? In that kind of a situation, mm. parents do need help. Yes, if if the situation gets to gets to that, the parents too need help because if the parents does not does not get help, the parents might not be able yeah. to help the child. Also, in getting help. Um, I, I spoke to someone recently, she works with the uh, psychology or pediatric psychiatry or something that has to do with children that are depressed and all, all that. And she told me that um, because yeah. of our cultural background, a lot of people that want to help these children, 
even end up causing more problems for them because they don't even mm. understand their cultural background. So helping the child is going to be difficult because the place the person that wants to help is coming from yeah. is not the same place the child is coming from. So there's possibly a, a, yeah. a problem. So in things, in situations like that, it takes a lot of patience. It takes time. I understand. I, I understand that time, love, and tenderness heals uh, mm. broken hearts. That is how it also affects the children too. So it's like their hearts are broken in in certain ways, and uh, they feel bad about themselves. Sometimes they feel uh, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. So if anybody has to help their own children, they have to do it gently they have to do it they have mm. to be intentional about it and, um they have to um carry the child along on every step they are going to take oh uh, this is what i would like to talk to you about probably give the child a book to journal about write whatever it's hurting you let me see tell me a story mm. about how you feel it's it's not mm. an easy journey but it's possible it's very yeah. possible. I, 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 I like the way that you just know how to just put all of them in in like in in a harmonious way. Like you talk about how what the parent needs to do and also how the child needs to appropriately, you know, receive the help from the parent. You know, from this part of the world, mm -hmm. like speaking from Africa, I think lots of people do not know that they at some point they have to learn about parenting. Mm. and mm. so so many people mm. might not want no, mm. we, 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 and even this whole um, therapy and psychological thing right people are now in Africa people are now are trying <laughs> to still absorb or embrace the idea you just feel like black people don't go to therapy what you know just talk it out you know, just you know you just vent <laughs> you know and so they, they feel like yeah oh, I'm an adult yeah I know what I know how to take care of a child now I know how to take care of a child now and and that's not true mm -hmm. Because the way the mind of a child works mm. is different from the way the mind of an adult works. And the way that your mind works at age, the way the world was is not the way the world is at the time where you are a parent. And so there are, those are the True. factors that you also need True. You know, to put in consideration. I like the fact that you mentioned the part where parents need to seek help as much as they want to offer help to their children. They also need to seek help. How to be skillful in terms of parenting so in yeah, yeah. so in wrapping up yes. so something you mentioned earlier and i would like you to wrap up with that the fact when you talked about that all children ought not to be parents the same way and i yeah. think that's that's i feel like that's yeah. a, that's a oh. that's something that some people are yet to grab or understand because just feel like it they keep saying, when your brother was your yeah. age, didn't you still behave like this? Why are you like this? Why are you so difficult? Like, so I would really like you to, you know, address that for every parent that will be listening to this, or you know, every, yeah, every parent listening to this, every young person that has not yet given birth, but would give birth someday, they should understand this concept. So kindly, I know you are you're in the best position to give us these nuggets. You have three amazing children. And you know when you talk about your three-year-old son saying, mommy, be kind. I'm like, hmm. Sorry, you sounded like a philosopher. <laughs> mommy, be kind. <laughs> I, you would think 
someone is actually telling him everything to tell you, you would think that is what is going on. He would tell, my little boy will sit down and be telling you, mommy, mommy. That is when my voice has started going up. Small, small. Mommy, <laughs> mommy, you're already shouting. Mommy. He would say it in such a way that you too, you want to warn yourself that, ah, mommy, you too be careful now. You're already <laughs> shouting. Your voice is going up. Small, small. So if, I tell you that the person I was a couple of years ago okay. is not the same person I am right now. Um, when I first had my daughter, um, I was, my mom calls me um, Margaret okay. Thatcher. Yes, my mom, she still calls me that. Uh, and then she, she'll be like, uh, I sent someone to go check my mom on my mom and my mom was telling the person my story. And I'm, I'm like, and the person now said that, ah, mommy told me about you, that uh, you want him, want him. I'm like, please, those things gave results back then. Wow, they don't give results anymore. I tell you, mm. those things used to give results back. Back then, I got results with being very tough. With being, being very tough will not give me mm. the results I want with my kids today. And I have, three amazing three amazing kids and one adopted one with the adopted one she's older than all of them it worked very mm. well with her when i was very tough but with my own man i struggled mm. i you know when you now think about it that okay what will you now <laughs> do how how will you now cooperate what will you now do you know, I started to, I, I later had to open like um, a dialogue and I'll say, okay, what mm. am I doing wrong? What do you think I'm doing wrong? And all of them kept saying, that I, mm. I shouted a lot. And if I shout, it would be like thunder <laughs> run. It would be like of thunder. That is how, that is how I shout back then. So, and it's, it's, um, it's much more easier it was much more easier doing it that that way then because um, mm. I was a girl child and it is believed that girl children are not supposed to um, be, be very active, but not lie. Mm. You must hear my voice. So eh? if you don't want to hear it, you will hear it. And whatever I want to mm. get done will be done. So that was how tough I was then. But if something does not, if we, if we are doing something in a particular way and it doesn't give results, yeah. try something else. It, it's, it's not easy as parents to do it the way... My grandfather was very tough. My dad was very tough. Uh, so if, if I continue that way, mm. I'm going to lose my kids. I'm going to lose them to not understanding mm. who they are. My first very gentle. So I had to deal with her very gently. My second is very tough. I had to deal with him playfully because that's the language of understands. My little boy understands you talking to him. You'll be talking to him like you're talking to... You come, You make mm. conversations with him. You will remember that, okay, we discussed this. Why did you do it again? you say, nothing. I, I'm not going to do that again. Are you sure? You'll be like, yes. That does not say we'll not do that again. But he will understand that you are talking about this thing and mm. you want him to stop doing it. So if he doesn't stop doing it, when he learns his lesson, he'll tell you, 
I'll never do it again. Oh. Maybe that thing has hurt him. Maybe something happened. But be, the conversation yeah. is what he understands. Another one understands mm. play method. You have to play fully unless him understand. The other one just understands being gentle with her. So the, the, the children are not the same thing. Even if you have 50, mm. trust me, even if 50, they can never be the same. You can never train them up the same way. You can never, you can never overemphasize the fact that they have their own unique gifts, which you have to understand. They have their own unique language, which, which you have to be able to communicate with them. It's left to the parents. If I see something in the room, in the house now, I'll be telling them, hmm, I know who can do this thing. And my son will be like, who do you think did it? I say, ah, why did you answer me? Did I call your name? I've not even said anything, but I just knew that I know the person that can do it. And you'll be like, I know you were going to mention my name. Is it, are you the one that did it? So it's, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just in us as parents to that we have a way of understanding our children. As, as it is in us to understand the way we have in understanding our children, it's easier for us to be able to um, deal with them individually. It is not the responsibility mm -hmm. of their teachers or the school cannot push that res responsibility away because the time they spend outside the house, it's not as much as the time they spend with us. So if we don't understand them, who will? If we are not there to help them, who else will understand? Even the doctors do not understand your children the way you mm. do as parents. You said that there's a point you just you just dropped now. I feel like that point eh, it will lead us to another episode. But let me just let me let me let me highlight on it when you talk about you know um parents wanting teachers to have a better grasp of their children than they. I feel like in this dispensation, that lots of parents have handed over the, their training and upbringing responsibilities to their nannies and the teachers that children spend with and not themselves. So that's, that's because when you mentioned hmm. they spend more time in the home so in my head, I'm thinking about a scenario whereby the children are not day students, they are brothers. And so they have to go to school and be there for, in the system we have here in Nigeria, they have to be there for, say, three, four months. Then they come home, stay one month or six weeks, and they're back, shipped back to school. Stay another three months, come back, stay one month. And imagine doing that for a period of, from for a period of over for a period of close to twelve years, hmm. and finally, when the, the child hmm. is now old enough to probably go to college or go to uni, and you're wondering why your child is behaving the way they are behaving. You hmm. see why I said you see why I said this would be like another. Episode. You want me to see? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want me to say something about that? Okay, so um, I keep using myself as an example because um, 
and I have three, okay. but I have siblings. I have siblings and I have, I, like I said, I was a bit tough. I practiced yelling with, on them, doing all kinds of things with them. And um, at the early stage of, um, at the ed- very, very early stage, I, I knew that my kids are not going to go to boarding school because um, I want to call myself the crazy okay. woman, the crazy mother. So I want to be there for everything with the children so i in the kind of things i do the kind of jobs i do had to give way i had to create time i had to i had to stop some things to start some new things just because i wanted to be there for the children which which was not easy by the way but Mm -hmm. it was possible it was really possible so I actually didn't believe in sending my kids to boarding school right from time because I wanted to spend time with them. I remember when I was younger, I still remember strolling mm. in the night with my dad. This, I, I, I cherish it so much. I remember traveling with my dad. My dad used to work with um, P&T, that's Postal and Telecommunications back in the North. My mom was a teacher uh, right from day one. And she retired as a school principal. So um, my dad, my dad's place of work was not far from our house. So we lived in the federal housing, low cost. So my dad would go park because then he couldn't park because of arm robbers. They actually remove Mm -hmm. the tire of your cars and they steal tires back then. So because of that, he had to park his car at work. Uh, because there was a guard there, there was like a, okay. a watch night there. So I'll trek back home. So my dad would mm. carry me on his shoulder. It's a moment I really cherish so much. So he walk back, we walk back home. We drive the car to his working place. He packs it, and then we walk back home. My mom will carry my younger brother. Then she's going to strap him on her back, and then we walk back home. Every night after mm. dinner, we did that. That is yeah. something money cannot buy. Something I have mm. in my head. Even if the man is late, I remember mm. with good memories. I remember him driving us to, to go to um, Zaria. I remember we drove to Meduguri a couple of times. I remember, I remember asking him mm. a lot of questions. Are we there yet? Are we there? I remember all those things. These are the things that I love about uh, being a child. So I wanted to create those kind of memories too with my kids. So we actually go everywhere together. We go shopping, we go everything. Sometimes they will sleep, they will wake up, we are still driving. We are not there yet. Sometimes they sleep, they wake When we are going, we pack food, we pack it. We pack everything inside our car. We will go. We we mm. we 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 move around a lot. These are things that yeah. they would never forget easily. They are memories. They are treasures. I could have picked up a ministry. I could have picked up the job that would take me out of the house for I don't know how long, and um, I will not build up that that mm. treasured memories with them. Those are things yeah. that are very important to me personally. So. It's, they said that losing weight is hard. 
gaining weight is mm. hard. Choose your heart. Um, being healthy is hard. Being sick mm. is hard. Choose your heart. Being there for the children is hard. It's serious work. Not being there for them is hard. Mm. Choose your heart. That's just that's just how easy and how hard it is. It's it's not an easy job to do, but everybody is working towards. A lot of people I know these days are working towards. Oh, I want to work from home. Some people tell you that the first step that their children. You know, I didn't. I didn't actually see it as anything because I was mm -hmm. for, I was there for the first steps. I was there for talk. I was there for everything. I I never even in mm. the US I never had a nanny. The child is my little boy is always at at home. Uh, we kind of worked a way around it that even if I'm not there, mm. his siblings are there to take care of him. Uh, so it, it actually went a long way. Some people will say that uh, that the, the my little boy came at a very good time. That the mother does not work. The mother does not do anything. That the mother stays with him. It's not an easy thing to do, even here in the US. It's it's very tough. But not being there is even tougher because someone will be calling you and say, Oh, your baby said his first word today. Mm -hmm. And you'll be like, You just sit down and be crying. Oh, your baby just uh, the first step. You know, some people now record it, they now. It's something inside my own memory. I didn't record it because I was there. They are priceless moments. They are, they are, I'm not saying that uh, people who were not there, that it's like a bad thing. But the, the, the thing is that it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's the joy, the memories, the interest. And I mean, I say, I say it all the time. I don't think it's easy for them to because yeah. they just had to make a choice. A lot of people, I yeah. think it has to do with so many things. I mean, I really, I really am not blaming mm -hmm. anyone for not being there for their kids, but it, it's always very important wow. to play one's part. It's always wow. important to play one's part. Wow. Like, all I can say is just wow, 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 wow. Balkis, you 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 aced and you just aced this whole topic today. Just you you took us through a journey. In in just over and beyond. You know, you we was just telling we the topic was just to talk about the signs to know that your teenager needs go way past it, you know, mm -hmm. help parents with simple strategies that they can take, simple ways that they can take. To just you know, give this help and assistance to their children, and also, very importantly, know what mm -hmm. their priority is. And choose their heart. Mm -hmm. That's the one don't forget. Choose. <laughs> yeah. Choose your heart. Choose your heart. It all, yes. it all depends on um, mm -hmm. what, as a person, what you feel like. Oh, this is my priority. Okay, this is this is it. You know, and just hearing mm -hmm. the wrapping up story that you mentioned about you having to be there for your kids because that's what you have chosen and decided to do. Yeah? And also helping other people see that, oh, mm -hmm. shit, this is my choice. I've chosen. So you also made your choice. So 
live with it. There's no point. There's no basis for comparison. Mm -hmm. Live with the choice. And, you know, when you were speaking about ben. your um your yes. dad and how he also created priceless memories for you and you chose, you know, that's like an impression he left on you. You chose to now replicate it. Mm -hmm. I bet you that mm -hmm. your children will also do those things. Choose to replicate it. Choose to, mm. it, like, this thing you mentioned now, I, 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 was, I was watching a clip today about um, an interview from Mind Valley about, um, you know, Marxism. And Vision was asking her, like, and funny enough, Elon and his siblings, he has a brother and a sister. They are all doing amazing work that has to do with helping humanity. And the funny thing is, okay. the, so the um, Vision asked Elon's mom, like, how did you train? That's the question even in my head. Like, how did you train your children? Like, Elon's brother is into, um, I think, into, like, restaurants, but basically organics, something to help the, the ecosystem and all that. His sister is also pro, um, into the movie space. She has something like, Netflix, like, like Netflix, but is more into um, romance drama and all that. And the actor's both male and female, she ensures that they earn the same amount in terms of pay. Like, something to just help. And Linol is the guy mm -hmm. that wants to back up humanity by sending people to another another planet. You know? So in my head, I'm like, how did this woman come, out, come about this? Just raising her children just to think about humanity, think about kindness. And she also mentioned how her parents, her dad, moved from Canada to South Africa. Why they are, while they are, um, at the time, while their pairs were trying to make their children go to like go to fancy places and all that, they went to the Kalahari Desert, go for adventures. And so mm. she said that's the same thing she also instilled in her children adventures. And Elon's mom is, I think she's in her late 70s, but at some, even at her old age, she models like model, fashion model. And so mm. in my head, mm. I'm like, the truth is, children actually do what they see you do. You just leave an impression in their minds without you even knowing. Without even... Mm -hmm. And so when your father was, mm -hmm. you know, carrying you, having those moments with you and your mom and your brother, when you guys were young, he did not... He, I don't think his plan was to leave that impression in you. <laughs> but... It no. did something no. to you that even as an adult, you want to still instill that family, that sense of family, that sense of community with your own children, which is really beautiful, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. Trust me, it is mm -hmm. amazing. I, I, I bet that if I had the opportunity to ask your children, like, what's like your most memorable time? I can tell you it's one of all those your journeys where you said people are even when you mentioned yours i can i could relate with it because my dad has also passed them but every single time i the one thing i remember about mm. him is the fact that in the mornings he will get newspaper and before he leaves he will tell me read page 10 to like 15 when i come back we're going to have a discussion about it Hmm. My, my grandfather you you just made me remember Baba Lagbo of blessed memory my grandfather will actually buy a, a, an English newspaper 
Wow. And he will now tell you to translate it. He will tell wow. you and translate it to him in Yoruba. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes he'll tell you to listen to the news. And yeah. when you on NTA news at nine o'clock, we, we run away from the living room that time. We never try to go there because we are always doing that. They, they'll soon start the news. Don't go to the parlor. Baba will tell you to sit down and you will translate the news. Mm. Baba will tell, if you dress, if you don't dress properly, my grandfather, he, I wouldn't call him so mm -hmm. learned, but he, he traveled a lot. So I'm so excited about this because the man is, um, the man is, um, mm. he's a disciplinarian, but mm. in a good way. He taught us how to mm. walk, how to talk, how to dress because he traveled a lot and he believed that if you don't dress properly, he will tell you, um, Alakowe mm. in Yoruba is um, someone that is learned. So he call if you don't dress properly, he'll call mm. you, he will tell you that you are not Alakowe mm. rough, that you are not a learned mm. rough person. You're supposed to dress properly. If you dress and your shirt is rough, he'll tell mm. you that is why there's iron in the house. You need to press it properly before you put that if, if you're going out to the market with with him and someone calls you by your, usually they call us by our last name, and they call you Alagbo, and you don't answer, the man will just look at you and say, mm. it is because people love you. That is why they are calling you. Answer, wave them. Let them know that mm. I heard you, but I'm going out with my grandfather. Bye-bye. I'll see you later. You know, those kind of things. You, you um, sometimes, they, sometimes when people call us um, Alagbo, which is different from Alagbo. My grandfather would come out and explain to them that it's not Alagbo. Alagbo is someone that sells herbs. Alagbo is someone mm. that sells, uh, that owns heads of ram, that sells ram. So it's it's kind of interesting mm. because um, those little, little things, they leave, they leave these um, wonderful memories inside of us very interesting memories that when we look back, we are able to see that, oh, yes. Uh, I didn't go to a, a, a private a, a private school, a private uh, school like that, but the learnings from my grandfather, you would think, ah, did you actually go to a very tush school or something? Ah, well, wow. to the glory of God. Wow, wow, wow. Fuck yes. <laughs> hmm. We could, you know, we could go on just like this for for hours. This conversation has been really, really I know. interesting, and I, I bet that I know our listeners are having the time of their lives. As much as we talked about really serious things, we also talked about fun things, and even in the fun things, we also talked about very important mm -hmm. things that we need to like, you know, know and just take to heart and work with. Yeah, yeah and just take to heart and work with. In in mm -hmm. wrapping up, I would say I'll say a couple of lines from um Diana Rose's song. Um she says sometimes we search the world for gold when all we really need is a hand to hold. Sometimes we let the world's greatest treasure slip away mm. with words we forget to say. But too many times, always after all, love is all that matters. Mm. And so parents intending parents we hope that we've yes. been able to um share with you today 
Barkis has thrown a lot of light and given a lot of wisdom and nuggets that would help us just be able to preserve our future because our teenagers are the future. And not just preserve, but help them grow and bloom to be the very best versions of themselves. So thank you, Barkis Raji. So, 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 so amazing. <laughs> Thank you You're so much, please, boss. Please, please. I'm, be see, I'm begging you in front of the whole world now. They're hearing I'm us. Out. <laughs> Don't ah! worry. When I reach 7,000 distance, I'll drop it. Anyway, thank That's you so promise. much. It's been nice having you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, too, for having me. I really appreciate the fact that you're mm -hmm. having me Do on your show. Thank one. you so Good much. Day. I use this session <laughs> was explosive. This episode is explosive. I like how Bao Keys made the session very relatable for us by sharing her own story, by allowing us into our own space and just giving us wisdom nuggets. Yeah. And it's my endless desire that we are able to take this knowledge and this information we've learned from what Barkey shared with us today and be able to apply it when necessary, especially for our teenagers as we raise them and groom them to be the best versions of themselves. Yeah. So thank you so much, guys, for sticking around with me from the beginning of this episode to the end. I feel like this is like the longest episode I've ever done, but yo, I know it's worth it. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And till I see you on the next episode, keep being hopeful, keep being joyful, and stay blessed. Bye for now. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.